to another episode of The Adept is Ridiculous. I'm DK Diamantes. I know very little about Warhammer, but today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Normally, Bricky is sort of teaching me about all of the ridiculous craziness of Warhammer 40k, but today, uh, we've got a bit of a book club. Bit of a book club about the infinite and the divine, but before that gets going, if you enjoyed today's book club, head on over to patreon.com slash adeptusridiculous, where you can get access to our Discord. If you join the $15 tier, you get access to all of those sweet, sweet digital HD posters and access to bloopers and great stuff like that, so patreon.com slash adeptusridiculous if you enjoyed the book club today. Bricky, um, merch and... Something else. I don't know. Just no, normally it was merch and then book club, but yeah, now merch it's and book merch. club. But today's yeah, today's the book club. Hey, buy merch it's in the description. Orchid8.com. Get merch. Merch is cool. I'm working on a new thing of merch. It's going to be admec related. Stay tuned for that. It'll be probably in like a month. But ooh, ooh, I don't know ooh. about this. You you don't? No, I I don't think I do. Oh shit! You'll learn about this soon. Ooh, ooh, ooh let's go. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> So, DK, do you want to tell the people what we're doing today? We're doing a book club about the infinite and the divine. About Which, old Trazen and Oricon. Oricon? Oricon? Didn't, didn't they call him Oricon? Didn't this, what the, the, whatever. I, I, it was just Oricon. Sure. What, what, whatever. Point, point being, it's, it's more than just like a book club, though. Like, for those of you who are listening or watching, imagine this is kind of like a review discussion. Because we're probably going to, so we're obviously going to not do spoilers for a, for a while, uh, and then talk about it, talk about if we liked it, you know, the usual kind of reviewing type things, and then that later on in the episode we probably will get into some spoilers because I'm sure we want to talk about it. Yeah, um, but it's going to be much more structured, like a review and more of an intrigue and like, oh, this is kind of cool. This is then we could talk about it as opposed to because like a book club is normally like what. Like eight people kind of get together and they're like, "What did you think of chapter 13, Susan?" It's like, "Oh, I think the meaning." Of, mm-hmm. <laughs> they, Lots they of tea like, and hoity-toity. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's and, fair. and then they get executed by the French, and you know, the Mar- Marie Antoinette. <laughs> <laughs> this escalated very quickly. We went from sipping on tea and being hoity-toity to being executed. Whoa! If the Oof. French love, if the French love anything, it's being hoity-toity, sipping on things, and revolutions. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> so, DK, uh, do you do you want me or do you want to talk about what the book is about? Either way, um, uh, you you can go ahead and give like a brief synopsis. If All you right, please. I got I got this. So, The Infinite and Divine is a recent book uh, released by the Black Library, and in fact, I am so bad at this, I have, <laughs> I, I wanted to say who wrote it and, and, who, and who voiced it, because this is very important. I believe Richard Reed narrated it, and he Correct. did a phenomenal job. If you can listen to it on Audible, High recommend. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with getting a physical copy, but God, he does such a good job with, like, all of the accents and even, like, some of the noises. Like, there was a, I think there was, like, a spinning energy saber, and he literally does the foomp noise for oh, it. Oh, I love, I love when he does that. Someone's, like, someone's, like, uh, twirling their staff, and he's always doing, like, foomp, foomp, foomp. Yeah, he does such great. a good job. If you can listen to it on Audible, listen to it on Audible, for sure. So, The Infinite Divine... Written by Robert Rath, 
narrated by Richard Reed, is the story of Trazen the Infinite and Orakim the Diviner, two very old robo-boys who are having a nerd war over the course of 10,000 years on the same planet over a MacGuffin. Over a MacGuffin. <laughs> and that is the story. It is it is Trazen the Infinite, Mr. I'm going to steal you and put you in my vault, and Orakim the Diviner, the physical embodiment, why do I need sex when I could have science? Oh, and the two so of and the two of them constantly fighting over a MacGuffin that happens to possibly do something on this singular world over the course of literally 10,000 years. It, it is, is a constant game of one-upsmanship. It is spy versus spy in Necron world. Uh, there's a little bit of buddy cop in there. And mm -hmm. well, it is, you would assume, would be a comedy. And it is for like the first third and it still remains funny throughout the rest of the book, but it definitely takes a little bit more of some interesting turns, and it can become it can become a little feelsy sometimes. Yeah, it definitely turns a lot more serious towards the latter half. Uh, like you said, there's there's still some there's still some goofs and ha has, but it's it's becoming much more apparent that there is some um, this MacGuffin has way more serious overtones than they first expected it to. So DK. Mm-hmm. What'd you think of the Infinite and the Divine? I I so at, at at points it was kinda hard for me to follow since I'm not like super well endowed with like Warhammer stuff. So like they would like describe an arc and I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck is I don't know what the hell that is. Um but for the most part, it was pretty solid. Um I think I I one of the best parts was like, so I know that Necrons live for like a long time, whatever. Like you, you shoot one and reanimates, whatever. Um, the scope of how they view time is <laughs> fucking hilarious. Like to them, sixty years is just a trifle, no big deal. Uh, in in like um, what was it in the Necron court? They were like, oh yeah, these usually take like uh, twelve years, but totally normal, no big deal. That's twelve years. Who cares? We're infinite. Um, there's a fantastic part of the book where, like, the narrator is constantly like, and it's been 2,000 years since the two of them have seen each other. And you're like, wait, what? We're, do we're doing this time skip like that? Yeah. But there's, like, there's and, and they a thing act like it was minutes ago. It's crazy. They, they act like they just dropped their, their uh, friends off at, like, at home after a party, and it's the day after. No, honestly, there's a lot of great, there's a lot of great moments when they kind of play with that idea of time and how little time matters to a Necron, because they're functionally immortal. One of my favorite parts of it was when they're talking about how, <laughs> they're talking about how that the war in heaven is a play, like oh, like a full yeah. like a full on a drama in the Necron tier, and that because they've lost the need to to use to sleep to have like to go take a shit or whatever, the war in heaven play is like three decades long. <laughs> It's like a 30-year-long play. It is. Yeah, and, and they were like, oh, yeah, we tend to get a little carried away because, like, we're robots now, so, like, our processing is so much better. So when we write these things, we put in every little fucking detail imaginable, and we tend to maybe get a little overhand. It's like a 30-year play. Uh, yeah, it, time it's actually quite, it's quite fun because the two characters have... Okay, so... I mentioned before I'm I'm reading the Night Lord stuff, 
And that not only are they just the edgiest people on the planet, but they're also like Astartes. And Astartes are generally known for being very lacking in emotion. So it's incredible that these two undead robots or immortal robots have significantly more emotion than the Astartes do. Should we cover like the, the, the plot just a little bit? Yeah, we can cover the plot a little. I mean, we're cover have a little. To at some point, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, long story short, it opens with Trazen, and Trazen has well, it starts off way back in I think in around thirty thousand. He's fighting off a bunch of Eldar Exodites, which are the ones riding dinosaurs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's just trying to get stuff. He's being meme old Trazen. Within the first twenty minutes of the of the book, he gets like bit in half by a dinosaur, and he's like, "Well, shit." And he walks right back in to get this stuff. Yeah. Um, but right after chapter one, he's in his galleries and Orokin is being a, a little mischievous asshole. And he's looking for something called the... I, I It's such a MacGuffin that I, I'm almost forgetting its name. The Astrarium it's, Mysterios. There you go. There you go. The Astrarium Mysterios, which Orokin believes is a very, very important artifact that and he believes can open up like an ancient Necron tomb world. Mm-hmm. And in that tomb world is his untold importance. And it's very important for science and, and all this kind of stuff. And naturally, the two of these guys don't like each other very much. So they fight over this Astoria Mysterios like how for how long? For like 3,000 years? Yeah. They're like constantly that. one-upping each other constantly. trying to take it. It's always like, I stole it, you stole it, I stole it, you stole it, and they're going back and forth the entire time. Because mm-hmm. obviously, Trazen is like, ooh, Necron Tomb World, loot, plunder, oh, <laughs> things from my gallery. And yep. and Orokin is very, very sciencey. He's like, I wish to unlock the secrets of the cosmos and all that crap. Yep. Orokin also apparently doesn't like uh, Trazen because uh, his whole gallery being in a constant standstill fucks with the timeline a little bit because Trazen can't or Orican can't see like past them so it's always this constant like blip that he can't really like divine past so he's always so mad at Trazen because it's like you're just looking at this shit you you could actually use it you could you could take it out of stasis and use it but you don't I want to use this shit instead of just looking at it you pleb so. <laughs> oh, which, which I guess the interesting. They do a, a lot of interesting stuff with that because Orokin is is a chronomancer. He's an astromancer, which yeah. means he can he can peer into the future and he can actually fuck with time. So it, when you actually think of the characters, like Orokin is a pretty standard overlord. He's a you know they he's a good fighter. You know he's not like the greatest fighter, but he's a good fighter and he controls legions and stuff. But Orokin is like a mage. You know, he, yeah. he can go back in time, he can adjust time streams and look through time, and he can do all this kind of stuff. And it makes for some interesting, like, combat, because yeah. these two <laughs> these two Necrons are elderly. Yes, they are. And they, they made a great <laughs> point of saying that, where it's like, if we saw these two guys attacking each other in the Necron tier world, it would have been fucking comical. It would have been yep. two old men beating each other up with canes. Slapping each other, basically, just, uh, no, mm, and they just they do that little slap fight. That's totally what they'd be doing. <laughs> I, it makes, wrist. it was interesting because I didn't like, like, Drazen, because he's got this, like, kind of, uh, little, what's like, a little hunchback thing. He's kind of got that little, like, lean. Oh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Be, and it was originally way back when, 
where Orokin, they, they were talking a little bit about uh, back in the flesh times. Yeah. And it's like, oh, Trazen, you know, Trazen, Master, what the hell is his name? Ar Archivist? Archivist. Yeah. Um, Archivist of the Solemnance Galleries, you know, spending day in and day out, riddled with disease and like uh, staring over scrolls, hunched over his desk, so yep. scared of losing the knowledge he had gained and stuff. And it's like, oh, that's yep. why he has a hunch. That is why he has a hunch, because that's probably how he was in real life. I was hunched over his damn little desk. Go on. <laughs> Just, I totally <laughs> lost my train of thought. Um, I was about to say what Orokin would have been too, but like my mind immediately just blipped away. Um, <laughs> Orokin so, has has a, a serpent. Orokin has like a serpent look. He looks like a snake. Right, he's like a snake. He's always sort of slithering around in his astromancy, and um, the interactions between those two is always fantastic when they're one upping each other, though. And it's um, I think. The other thing I liked is just learning a lot about the Necrons and, like, just how they operate. Not, like, just the time, but, like, all of, like, the um, the Necron Court stuff, too. I love um, Necron Court so much. Oh, Necron, Necron Court is the absolute best. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think, like, the best part was uh, Trazen, or Trazen, was um, when he was preparing for this, he went, like, way back to, like, ancient Necron, like, law. And he was bringing up some ancient shit, and even even the Necron Court was like, "Do we do we do that? Is that yeah? Is that still a thing? Oh, oh, okay, oh, okay, I I uh, sure, I uh, okay, yeah. Like they don't even know their own shit. There's so much. There's so much like contrived law in there that even they don't know their own shit. Well, well, so the idea of Necron Court is exactly what we're saying, right? It is is a court, like like a, a trial with the Necrons. But Trazen got his shit stolen from Orokin, and he was so angry about it, he, he called up the Necron court, and then a whole bunch of Triarch Praetorians, which, I don't know if you knew who those were, it was like the, well, actually, this makes, this reminds me, we know that female Necrons exist. That's um, true. They just look like normal Necrons, because they probably yeah. all had the same biotransference issue, but... Triarch Praetorians are, like, a special group that serve the Triarch, which is the Silent King answers to him themselves. And so uh, Trazen was sent out the track Praetorians to Orokin, and they were like, Orokin the Diviner, you are summoned uh, into law by Tra Trazen the Infinite <laughs> due to crimes against Sol uh, like, um, <laughs> Solemns. You must yep. uh, join in exactly two solar years, or else, you know, you will be deemed excommunicado and, like, killed or something. Yeah. And, and so the two of them get there, and it's just them squabbling at each other is like he stole from my gallery. Ga gallery is like you have no proof I stole from your gallery. Yeah. And it's and like well, you stole it from the Eldari anyway, so like you're just as guilty as I am. You shouldn't have it. Sometimes they both get called in for the shit that they've done, and the Necrons they look like two like brothers getting scolded by their parents. <laughs> yep. It's like it's like why did you steal this stuff? It's like oh it was already dead. I wasn't gonna take it. It's like are you sure you took it before the thing died? And you're like what? I don't know what you're talking. I don't know what you're talking about, Orkin. Um, also, I'm really glad you mentioned that the uh, the group on Serenade at the beginning of the book were the Eldari Exodites, because I knew they were Eldari and I knew they rode dinosaurs, but I I didn't know if they were like a special sect of the Eldari or if they were like 
ancient Eldari are exactly what they were. Like, they were like, oh, yeah, they're riding in on a con- Carnosaur and Chomp. And I was like, oh, shit, what the fuck is it? And I was, like, furiously Googling Carnosaur, and it didn't really look like an Eldar thing. So I'm I'm actually glad you mentioned that. Uh, well, earlier. also, I should remember that Serenade is the planet they were fighting over. I should remember to mention that. Because, um, yes, Serenade is I don't know if we mentioned planet. that Serenade. But yeah. they actually see that in the cover of the book. You can see the planet, and the planet is going through various stages. Because way in the beginning, it is the Eldar Exodites. And then eventually, after a bit, it becomes the Imperium. Um, and then the Imperium was getting attacked by orcs. And then it was the Imperium again. And then other stuff that will go into spoiler territory <laughs> later. Um, we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah. We're, not, uh, we're but, not spoiler territory yet. Not quite. But I do think that the whole, I mean, obviously the back and forth is really fun. Um, the pettiness, the sheer oh, pettiness of these yes. two is great. I, one of my favorite parts is eventually, um, without too much of a spoiler, Trayson gets fed up with fighting for the Mysterios. Mm-hmm. So he walks into Orokin with a death mark and just shoots him in the face <laughs> with the sniper rifle. And and Orkin's like, I don't even have the Mysterio. So he's like, I don't care. You can keep it. And he just leaves. Yeah. <laughs> he just walks was... in, like, shoots him in the head and bails. Yeah, he's just tired. And he just blap. And he just leaves. Oh, the, the, it's, it's amazing that two immortal, nigh all-powerful beings would be that petty. Right? That they would be so petty. Like, they have so much... And it's just they're still so petty over this Mysterios and who gets it and who gets to <laughs> use it um, that it's, I mean, they have never. S- and, oh, go ahead. Go look, ahead. I was saying never once thinking that they could maybe work together to use this thing and combine efforts. <laughs> never. No way do they think they should work together ever. Um, except they, except for the, the one time. Except for the one yeah, time. Where except they're, for the one time. It's for the one time, or if they're forced to work together, which is a, another spoiler type <laughs> which thing. Which is but another plot we'll, point, but yeah. We'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. I, I really like a lot how they talked about, um, not, not only how they describe the Necrons in their old days, because they really threw a lot of, of bones of Necron lore Oh, yeah. into it uh both in terms of like their old culture but also it gives you a little bit more of a appreciation for Trazim because yep. normally he, he's a troll and he's mr steely man but he constantly talks about how important he is to preserve culture yep and there's even a small a part later on when he's he's um the, the he's in disguise on a human world uh with some mm-hmm. fancy necron tech makes him look like a normal human right And he's, like, watching a puppet show, and he's fucking fascinated. (laughs) Yes, he he is. He is just like, wow, this is incredible. Look at this culture. Look at how they they change the history, because this is the the fancy tale of of Lord Commander Caleb Crass the 15th, uh, the greatest man who killed the Tyranid invasion, X and Y, and like, but they portray him so differently, because the Inquisition changed something about his story, and it's like, he's so fucking enthralled and Orokin is. is like, I, I hate it here. <laughs> Let me Stupid. leave. This is all pointless. I don't understand why you like any of this. Um, God, I want to talk about Trazen's window so badly. <laughs> Trazen's window? Yeah, he has he has a window. Also, we'll talk we'll talk about it later when it's not quite so spoilery. But okay, because um, I'm I'm forgetting what this window is, but I'm sure you'll yeah. tell me soon. 
<laughs> but um yeah it's it's interesting like not not only like just is he into culture he's very into like necron history and like the um the necron tier like that shit seems really really important to him even though um Orokin was the only one that didn't want to go through biotransference, right? He was the only one that was like, no, no, don't do it. Um, yeah, he saw the future and he warned everyone against it and none of them listened to him. That's why he's such a bitter yeah. old man. Yeah, which is why it's so interesting that like Trazen, Trazen I keep going Trazen and Trazen um, because of the way it was accented in, in the audible version. But yeah, he's yeah, They he's call so him Trazen in the book. Yeah, and they call him Orkhan, and it's just, it always fucks in my head. But anyway, um, he's so into the Necron tier stuff. Like, when, when his little Necron tier gallery is at risk, like, he's, <laughs> like, when Orkhan is about to blow that shit up, he's like, fine, take it, Jesus, just don't, <laughs> don't touch my yeah, whole little gallery. Orkhan's running around, like, trying to escape you know, his forces, and he's, like, throwing objects onto the floor and cracking them, mm -hmm. and Trace is like, fuck no, that's, like, a 10,000-year-old sculpture of the, the Mahakamahamana dynasty, and, like, yeah, some shit, and, like, he's so upset. He actually used that in one of their, in the, one of their battles, where, uh, he was sending Lich Guard against Orokin, and Orokin would, would, like, throw down a bunch of artifacts, and since the Lich Guard are yep. programmed not to damage them, they couldn't, like, it was being, like, a little zone they couldn't pass. Yeah. But it's so interesting to see that Trazen is so hyper-focused on the past, and Orokin is just like, I don't give a fuck. I'll break all this shit. I don't care. Like, it's, I mean, shit to me. I'm looking forward. I'm not looking back. So it's it's an interesting little uh, contrast in, like, their two attitudes. Even though they're both Necrons, Trazen is all about the tier, and Orokin could not give a shit. Tra yeah, because Trazen's so so fo focused on preserving the past and Orokin mm -hmm. being a man who can literally see the future. <laughs> yep. It's it's a great dynamic, both in their attitudes and the fact that it's literally one past, one future. Yep. Uh, both obviously attempting to reach this this new MacGuffin and, and see what's <laughs> inside of it. Because Orokin's goal is to kind of like ascend into godhood, so to speak. Oh, yeah, um, And he's able to at times when the stars align a certain way, uh, which mm -hmm. actually is an ability in, in, in the, the tabletop. Uh, he oh, becomes that's right. the, um... He becomes empowered when he's uh, at a certain point. Mm -hmm. It's like kind of neat, though. There's a specific dice roll for it, right? And it's like at the beginning of the game, and then you get it for like the yep. whole game or something, or you just don't get it at all. Yeah, it's pretty shitty, but honestly, it is cool, <laughs> like, in a fluff-wise. Um, Trazen has a similar thing where if he dies, you can kill off another character and then replace Trazen there instead. So <laughs> when is... he's zipping back to all of his surrogates. Yep. And he uses a very that a thing. lot in the book. That oh, is a yeah. very constant thing. Um, strategically or just because, whoops, I underestimated Oricon. Uh <laughs> That or he gets bitten in half by a dinosaur and he, he takes over the Lich Guard and he's like, damn it. He's or going going a, right back in. Maybe a accident flying an arc into a dinosaur or something. Uh, you, no, no, that was not an accident whatsoever. <laughs> no, he Tokyo was, I, he Tokyo drifted that fucking arc directly into a dinosaur. He's like, Whoa! You couldn't see the air quotes, but I was accident. But yeah, that was um Oh, hmm. Wait, actually, fucking hilarious thing. Someone in the Discord looked this up, and I find this fucking... I can't tell if this is actually, like, purposeful or not, but mm -hmm. when Itokyo drifted that arc, 
it said that he uh, in the book he said it was going thirty thousand cubits a second or or an hour or whatever the cubit number was, uh-huh. right? To emphasize how fast he's going. Do you know how fast that actually is in cubits? I, I don't like, know. It's thirteen kilometers an hour. Oh, no, thirteen kilometers an hour. Like like I don't know, twenty miles an hour. That's not it's, very fast, actually, is it? No, it's super fucking <laughs> small. I, I, I would almost I expect sure. the arc not to blow up when it's going that slow. I was. Oh wait, I'm sorry. It's actually way. It's actually the opposite. It's only like seven miles an hour or eight miles an hour. Like oh. Grandpa, you got to take your foot off the brake if you want to go faster. <laughs> long skinny pedal, Grandpa. Long skinny pedal. <laughs> I, I think I, I can't tell if that was just him throwing out Jumbo or if he was like, hey, these are two old fucks. We need to but like, well, let me make it like a little hidden thing where if you do the math, they're actually driving really slow. And because they're so elderly with the way that scene played out in my head, I was like, oh, man, they are moving, man. That when they collide with that dinosaur, because the dinosaur goes down, right? The dinosaur collapses and like dies, doesn't it? Well, he rams it with an with a ghost arc, yeah. But it's going like so slow, like it's a bit like it. I, it <laughs> I'm assuming. I'm assuming it, the point is that it's he's meant to make it seem like he's going really fast, and he just let yeah, it as an Easter yeah, egg. Yeah, if yeah. you did look it up, mm-hmm. oh, okay, fine, fine. It, fine. It, it was very, it was very humorous, uh, yeah. just seeing that kind of stuff. Oh, um, the the reader. Richard Reed uh, got to do a little bit of orcs in the in there too, and he oh. does a very good orc. He does such a good orc. He's a, another reason, like if you can listen to this book because he does incredible orcs. I dare not try, but the orcs do show up every now and then, and it's always it's always great. And it's also fun because. Trazen has such this knowledge of history and all, and Orican doesn't even know what a fucking orc is to an extent. <laughs> That's and right. I remember that no they clue. were they were fighting uh, in in space, <laughs> and, and or their ships have no air in them. And Orican's yep. like like Trazen, um, the, the orcs are firing boarding pods at us. We don't have any air. Like, do orcs have lungs? And Trazen <laughs> just doesn't answer him. <laughs> Do orcs have lungs? Do orcs have (laughs) lungs? And he's like, no, yes, but it doesn't matter. Uh, Yep. Um, I loved when they were describing, uh, I think it was like a missile that was, I forget who exactly it was attacking, but they were describing what the inside of this orc missile looked like. And it was just a bunch of boys in there. And there wasn't actually a control panel. It was just a control panel painted onto the inside of the thing yep. to give them the some red false buttons. sense yeah, to give them some sense that maybe they could control it but really it's just like it has a limited amount of fuel and it's going to hit whatever it hits um so yep. there's, there's just, it just said go on it <laughs> and in fact it was funny because when they were fighting off the orcs they actually had to really be careful because mm-hmm. it wasn't the fact like the orcs were jumping out of the pods when the pods would explode, firing their pistols at them in in deep space. <laughs> yeah. But the, sometimes those uh, things they would fire at the at the Necrons were like rockets that were the size of like a small train. 
And so they just they had to make sure they dodged it because they would fire like 40 of those small trains. Mm-hmm. And even at that point, the amount of stuff coming at them would actually be legitimately devastating to the Necron ship. Oh, yeah, definitely. Even though they had way, way, way more power. Mm-hmm. So you think this is the point where we, we start getting into spoiler territory and we start talking about like big plot I think we, stuff? I think we probably should. Um, overall, I, it's actually one of my favorite, favorite 40K books I've read. Um, you might need to know a little bit about Necrons, but I think it probably is the one that has given the most to the Necron lore since they had like a little bit of a lore change. Yeah, uh, it's it's pretty freaking great, and you yeah. should read it. Yeah, if you or listen a, to it, if you have a basic understanding of like how the Necron tier became the Necrons and biotransference and the Catans and all that, I think you'll be fine. Like, there are some other races, like those Eldari I was talking about, that might seem a little confusing, but I think as long as you have the most basic understanding of Necron lore, this book won't go, like, completely over your head. You'll be fine. Absolutely. So, spoilers now, shall yeah. we? Let's let's spoil it up. All right, how how do you want to spoil it up? Do we want to just get to the what was inside the vault, or do we want to talk a little bit about other stuff and save that for a bit later? Um... Okay, I, I I guess we could save it for later. Okay. Um, because uh, story story wise, mm-hmm. the point is like okay, they work together for a bit against the orc invasion because yeah, uh, Orkin is like I saw the future. The orcs will destroy everything. Yeah, um, they'll destroy that whole planet, and you won't be able to use the to Mysterios to open the gate. Yeah. So the Mysterios opens the tomb world. Um, do we remember the name of the dynasty? Ooh, um, I'm so was, bad with remembering Necron like dynasty tier names. Um, same. I, I'm I'm forgetting the actual name of the 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 tomb world itself. But it was oh. on the planet of Solemns, and it was one of those things where the opening to the gate will only open every like two thousand years or something. Yep, and they miss it like the first two times. <laughs> the first time they miss it, the second time they're like doing a mad scramble oh, for yep. it uh, because all of the Necrons that are there to protect the tomb in classic Egyptian style. Um, which, by the way, we should mention the. I'm really, really happy that they gave all the Necrons Egyptian accents. Oh, um, yeah. In various styles of it because. You know, I've always said I really like the 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 real life culture embedding into mm-hmm. it, and them having that very like ah Trazen kind of like kind of thing yep. to all their names is very uh, is very cool. Oh, definitely, um, it adds a lot to it. But I think they were like making a mad dash for it, and Orokin missed it by like a half an inch. Yeah, just and then they were and then they were called in a Necron court. Yeah, immediately Necron court. I was like, ooh, that's the next page, and it's like, oh god. Um, because so many Necron were dying. Like, cause, uh, what, what's the law? Necron aren't supposed to kill other Necron because that's a waste. Uh, we're supposed to be immortal and we're supposed to be better than that. Right? Yes. All hail the infinite empire. Right. Um, but the, uh, <laughs> they were very much the, doing this, doing this thing where by killing like the other Necrons down there and wasting forces, they were also, they were also raising their own forces, from the Sautek for Orkim and the, now I can finally say it correctly, the Nahilak uh, dynasty <laughs> of, of uh, Trazim, 
they were actually they were raising them too early, so they were losing any semblance of their own minds. Right, right, right. And so they became like automatons, yeah. uh, higher tier automatons, like like Lich Guard. A warrior oh, doesn't yeah. matter, but like a, like a, an immortal and stuff, where like losing their minds and that that's not okay. Mm-hmm. Speaking um, of losing your minds, this is—I uh, mean, I guess it's kind of a fast forward. Um, I was trying to figure out. Um, so the flare virus comes into play. Oh yes, that, they made um, that horrifying. Yes, they did. Um, who was the one they were looking for? The metallurgist. Uh, I don't remember what yes, his name was. High tech metallurgist, something or another. Yeah, and it turned well, out that yeah. he he had the flare virus, and. Was this book trying to be like, this is how the flare virus started? Or is it just like, no, this is an instance of it. And it's like, look at how fucking scary it is. And look at what it did to the high metallurgist. I believe it's an instance of it. Okay. Um, because, well, they actually, they had a great description of both the flare virus and the destroyer cults. Oh, because yes, right. The destroyer cults um, are necrons that want to destroy all organic life. Mm-hmm. And at this time, you're thinking like, "Oh yeah, genocide and all," but but no, the destroyers are like, <laughs> "We kill all the all the humans, and then we kill all the birds, so that these or like we destroy all the water, so all the fish can yep. die. And we burn all the trees, so all the insects can die, like reduce it to literally zero. Everything um, must go. It is wholesale with them. It's like they want to destroy the fucking atoms in the air. Practically, it's destroyers are wild." Yeah, and they're they've lost their minds in that sense. Um, I the same, which is why they always hate the use of them. Trazen was constantly giving Orkin shit for using destroyers in a, in a battle mm-hmm. because of what it, what they were doing to the planet. Yeah. Um, also, the flare virus, though, it's definitely because I know the flare virus is a virus itself, uh, and in fact, they actually reside in their own separate dimension. Oh, and right, because right, they they're all the- like, yeah, they open like a portal. And they're all just kind of there, like ticking and, and cracking, and, and they got these long because it's flayed ones, right? Yep. And they they hunger for for the flesh, which makes no sense because they're robots. But that's like course, the point. Yeah. The virus makes them irrational. Yeah. At first, I didn't I didn't realize what was going on because like uh, Trazen was fighting him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm you know I I cracked my fist on his skull," and I was like, "Am I supposed to know what the, like what what is this thing? Like it's got a skull," and then um. Once they were like, oh, shit, the skull cracked. Oh, my God, it's fucking high metallurgist. I was like, oh, shit, flare virus. Fucking Jesus. And then, and then Trazen had to go into quarantine for like 600 years. Stuck <laughs> in this right. in this little stasis <laughs> chamber with like one desk in his fucking gallery. He's like, I hate it here. <laughs> this is the worst. But Orkin was being such like a smug prick about it. I was like, mm, it's yep. okay. Maybe an extra 100 years, Trazen. You'll get it done with sooner or later. Pat, pat. Pat. But spoiler alert, it is because they found um, the high metallurgist that they realized that there was like uh, there was a code in like the uh, in his in his chittering or in like his uh, in his head or like the yes. flare virus was like transmitting the song of serenade, the song of serenade, a, a, a beckoning finger down yes. below. Um, actually, before we get into the, the big part, I, I do want to mm. talk about the, the changes of the planet. Oh, sure. It's fucking funny to me because it starts off Garden World, right? Gorgeous, beautiful, wonderful. (laughs) Eldar Exodites. Then 
Um, time goes. Destroyers. I become kind of a part of it. Starts fucking up the atmosphere. Then you get orcs. Yep. And then... And then the humans. And then eventually... I think my favorite part of the entire book was them checking out humanity. Oh, God, yes. Oh, Besides absolutely. the ending. The ending was incredible, but... Oh, yeah. um, I, I like that a lot because this is when they were forced to work together because they killed so many Necrons. They were like, <laughs> uh, we are we are going to punish you by make, by forcing you two to work together for the next 2,000 years and we will oversee it. And they're like, I'm never talking to you. <laughs> That's right. They were like, the greatest punishment we can offer you two is each other. <laughs> is each other's <laughs> company. Yeah, so great. Oh, the window. Um, yeah, so what was the window? Remember how uh, Trazen and Orkin were actually kind of, kind of, sort of helping kill off the orcs as they were making that mad dash uh, to the gate. Yeah. Um, apparently, some of the survivors of that actually saw and remember Trazen doing that. Oh, so right. In the church, they literally made a window that had Trazen like as a knight and then he had a statue that was yep. like Im that was like honoring all he did and the, and he's just looking he's like Orkin do you have a window and I'm just <laughs> like oh my god you're such a smug bitch I love that's it that's right well that, that's right because that window I think was was hidden below though it was stashed away because oh, the yeah, inquisition yeah, yeah. arrived and saw of that iconography and changed it so it was instead the bravery of the Silver Skulls Space Marine chapter right, the Silver that Skull saves Space them. Right, right. <laughs> the heresy of it all. I forgot about that window. I love that part. <laughs> but it, it was like when they were forcing to work together and they were like sitting down, they just they were chilling at a cafe. In yeah. like two of them in like a in an imperial thing and people were dancing and one of my favorite starts to a chapter was like Trays in the Infinite, like millennia old, a uh, high archivist of the Solemnist galleries, overlord of the Nahilak dynasty, was staring intently at the puppet show. <laughs> and he's just he's just there, like, wow, this is great. <laughs> And he loves it. He loves just soaking that all in. He he loves the plays. He loves the theater. He loves the art. And Orokin couldn't be more miserable. <laughs> it does lead to one of the better parts of the actual... Uh, one of the better parts of the book where they're actually listening to a play. Well, okay, so there's mm. my favorite part of the whole book is the library scene. Oh, the library um, scene's great. The library scene is fucking sad because mm -hmm. Orokin, or so backstory is Orokin, no, sorry, Atrezim, uh, was looking for information on the Song of Serenade. This very yep. specific, like, a, like code almost, almost like a, like a, a Morse code, but this weird technological, like, hum of the planet. Um, I think Orokin uh, pointed out that the, or maybe it was Trazem, I think probably Trazem because Orokin hates music, yeah. um, pointed out that the music, on the planet was done in in it was like tens instead of eights, or yeah. isn't like a, a musical thing like a, like a string like four notes or something? I don't remember exactly. Something like that, yeah. But it was like it was in everything. It was in the music. It was practically the pulse of the planet. Yeah, and he was looking for different ways to figure out what it was, mm -hmm. and he hired an, a librarian to help him with that with some mind shackle scarabs, of course. <laughs> And the the book the book just doesn't t doesn't show you that until 
the librarian goes to to Trazen and he's like, Oh, my lord, here's the blast book. I will be leaving tomorrow. And he's like, What do you mean? Wait, what the fuck? What do you is like I've served you for 63 years, Lord. Like, I am, it is time for me to retire. Yeah, and all this stuff. You about it yesterday, don't you remember? <laughs> and Trazen looked like legitimately sad. Yeah. He was like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. Um, no, you've been a very, you've been a very good servant to me or something. And it's like, you've been good to me too, Lord. My kids have lots of money now. They're going to go to college and, and, what they're going to the scholas and then and they one of them is is training to become uh to join the imperial guard and like i am yeah. I, I, I was like goo <laughs> you, you don't you, maybe don't do guard. yep and he, he trained his replacement his replacement will be there tomorrow and the one was, the, was... the one last gift Trazen can give him is a quick painless death oh he didn't say it would be painless Oh, that's he true. Said he be, said, it'll he be said quite be quick. That's yeah. True. He said it, I can't promise it'll be painless, but it will be quick. Right. Um. It it was it was really interesting because in like a blink, we got this whole story of Trazen basically employing a man for his entire life and setting his family up for the rest of their life, and simultaneously him not really giving a shit. And it happened in like in like a quarter of a chapter. Yeah. But I think that was really intelligent writing because you bl blink and you miss it, right? And mm -hmm. in a sense, that's how Necrons live. Exactly. Just living that's exactly so long. how Trazen sees it. Like, it yeah, blink and like you miss it. Him. 60 years, that's nothing. And it was interesting because for me, I was like, oh my God, he's been doing it for 60. Oh yeah, that's right. You yep. forget it. But yep. they had those great conversations, uh, Orokin and him in the opera booth. Oh yeah, and yep. They were talking about like, you know, going back to flesh and blood, and that's how like it's every Necron's dream is to have a soul again. Um, but Orokin was like, I don't know if I could like, I, I I to to be stricken with disease again, to to have to be tired, to be weak. Was, Trazen... was was that the moment where Trazen misremembered how he was like because. Didn't Trazen say that he was like, oh no, I remember. I I was I I I didn't want transference either. They had to drag me kicking and screaming in too. Like he like he was remembering what Orkin remembered. I I don't really. I was a little confused at that part too. Yeah. I I thought that I thought that Trazen was actually dragged against his will into biotransference, but I think it was maybe like he helped drag Orkin in there afterwards, maybe. Right. Um. Maybe not, maybe not of his will either. But that part was a little confusing. But it was a really interesting conversation of like two immortal beings talking about basically a soul is worth death. Yeah, you know, and 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 right when they finished this, the opera oh. singer singing a really weird song pulls off her fucking mask and she's a fucking gene stealer she's a gene stealer <laughs> and then a bunch and of gene like, stealers kick down the doors and start like executing the fucking like abe lincoln style and start killing the, the leaders and you're like oh my god mass chaos everywhere and uh wasn't it's it Trazen's fault it's Trazen's fault that's right because in their one-upsmanship 
when Orkin was doing some studying or something, they're like, okay, you know, we, you two can't kill each other, whatever. Uh, Trazen sends one of these... Uh, what, what's the three-armed creature actually called? Uh, he, he, he sent a patriarch down below, I think is what it's called. Yeah. I think he sent and, a patriarch. And it, it actually did give Orkin a, a little bit of a problem. A little bit of yeah, a problem. Yeah, but he, he sent it down to, to Orkin just to fuck with him. He yeah, didn't want to kill him, him or anything. He was just it's like... a joke. He's like, hee-hee. And 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 Trazen's response was, well, if I if I wanted to kill you, I would have sent more than one. I have more. <laughs> if I've got like four more in my vault, if I really wanted to kill you, I would have sent like five of them. Um, but the whole <laughs> thing falls apart over that joke, and these gene stealers just start causing mass chaos in the in the opera house. And it, not just that, but it's the fact that, therefore, because he sent that patriarch, an entire gene stealer cult has been created, and they're yeah. like coming out of the sewers, and they're and they're beating on people, and then and then the Imperium <laughs> declares exterminatus on the planet. <laughs> Because of his joke, they have to exterminate as the planet, and then Orkin's like, "God damn it! The exterminatus is gonna happen before we can open the fucking gate." So they're like, they're like running again. downstairs. They're like running to the vaults as far as they can down underground. They're like, hurry, we gotta go. They're gonna blow yeah, the planet gotta- up. <laughs> Yeah. They're going over all the stages of exterminatus as they're like, "Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Gotta get to the gate! Gotta get to the gate!" So goddamn dumb. It's great. It is, but, um, and they and they kind of sort of don't make it, do they? Right? Like they just don't they just they, miss it again, and then yeah, close. Uh, they get close, and then Orokin gets buried under a pile of rubble, and Trazen bails. Yeah, Trazen gets the fuck out of there because he left a bunch of like surrogate breadcrumbs along the way. <laughs> yeah, of course he did. <laughs> of course he did. And Orokin is stuck under all that rubble for like. 6,000 years or something? No, it was like 3,000 years he stuck under there, right? Uh, yeah, pretty long time. And it's, it's actually rather sad because Orokin, or Trazen comes back. And Orokin's yeah. been stuck there for God knows how long. And he's like pained and dying. And Trazen just, just hates him. And he starts like curb stomping his fingers and shit. And it's like, you fucking insect. You've ruined everything. This is your fault. Leave me alone. Yep. Um, it's really weird. But at that point... We find out that Orokin has has learned the song of Serenade and what it represents. Mm-hmm. He and, sure does. And he says it's a uh, uh, it's actually a warning. It's mm-hmm. like a monkey's paw. And yep. you want to you want you want to tell us what's inside the vault? So, <laughs> so they do open the vault. Orokin is like trying his damnedest. He he's willing to give Trazen. Anything, anything he wants, so long as he just doesn't open this goddamn gate. He, but Trazen, of course, is just fuck you. Orkin is, Orkin is literally like, you have won, Trazen. You win. I lose. I am worse than you. I, you yeah. are my better. Please don't open that. Don't open it. And at this point, Orkin, like, he has no fingers because he's been digging. For three thousand years, he even says like he had to he had to astromancy back in time because he'd come to a point that he couldn't dig anymore. Um, so they open it, and um, doesn't it? It's it's like this really pristine, beautiful area. Water just comes rushing out, and yeah, it's uh, underwater. 
Yeah, and they find, uh, well, at first thing, uh, they find a bunch of statues, or Trazen finds a bunch of statues that literally are depictions of the old Necron tier, and he's just like, oh my god, if only I had known, the water's fucked up these statues, oh, I could have, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Um, <laughs> in typical Trazen fashion, like, oh, no, I could have, I could have saved this. I could have had these in pristine fashion, if only I'd known, shit. Um... And then, uh, I don't remember if it's a pyramid or if it's just a tomb. Um, well, he, he makes it to the, uh, the, like the sarcophagus. Right. And in, inside of it is a pristine, preserved Necron tier of flesh and blood. You know, yep. arms crossed, covered in jewels. Very, yep. very like Pharaoh. Uh, covered in like gold and stuff. and everything yeah. on it, right? And, and he's just uh, like, he like basically comes right there. He just has like a heart, yeah. like an immediate <laughs> orgasm. He's like, oh my God, of all things. He has a Necron orgasm. Um, no, nor- <laughs> a, yeah, a, ne- a Necroga, anyway. Um, but then doesn't the body sit up and like mm-hmm. look at him and it's like, uh oh. And then he it, takes yep. his mask off. And at this point, like, I'm not exactly sure because they kind of like start describing like what's under the mask. And I wasn't exactly sure who it was. Um, and and all I knew was I was like, oh god, like Trazen is very upset. He is yelling at the top of his lungs. And then he is, <laughs> the he is narrator's scre- like, he is screaming. He is screaming. He is screaming narr- in fear. Yeah. And then the narrator's like, oh, it's the deceiver. And I was it, like, oh, mm-hmm. that's a. <laughs> I had to look it up because I forgot who the deceiver was. And I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> the the Necron, <laughs> the, the Catan shard of the deceiver. Not just yep. one, like five shards five. of the deceiver. Yeah. And, and then immediately comes what is arguably one of the most badass 40k battles I have seen in a long time, or heard about in a long time. I oh, think yeah. it, it is the most exciting and awesome battle in the entirety of the books I've read. Um, I don't think it, it reaches that level because because it's basically like the Deceiver breaks free. Mm-hmm. And they have all of the Necrons that are there to guard the tomb, right? Yep, yep, yep. And they take over as um, Orkin and and, uh, and Trazen take over as many of the Necrons as they possibly can, mm-hmm. and end up like using them to fight the Deceiver. But the Deceiver slowly takes over the enemy Necrons with like a wave of his palm because, of course, yep. he can. He does have and a corruption so, virus or something. It's basically it's basically Orkin and Trazen fighting uh, with a, a an army of Necrons fighting another army of Necrons with yep. the, the the Catan there. Yep. And one of my the the best part of that whole thing <laughs> is Orkin floating in the air, throwing out all these runes and sigils, like doing calculations. He's being mm-hmm. the commander. He's being the arc <laughs> the arc of it or the architect or whatever of the. Uh, the, the general of the forces and yep. Trazen opens up like a dimensional gateway and like nine more Trazens come out <laughs> <laughs> and he's and, and or gets like I think I've had a nightmare of this before <laughs> but the 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 other fantastic part is they're they're starting to get pushed back and um I think this was this is one of the parts you mentioned to me uh, before I had gotten there but um uh, they're getting pushed back, and uh, Oregon is like, what, um, kind of, because cause Trazen is, like, looking in his little pocket dimension, his little, looking through his Pokeballs, and uh, Oregon's like, man, 
I hope you got an army in there. And Trazen's like, you think so little of me. I have five. <laughs> he and he just... pulls out like fucking blackjack. He throws out like, these like orbs. <laughs> it's like a fucking game of Yu-Gi-Oh. He just spreads them all out. And It, it literally he... said he pulled them out like a poker, like a poker mm-hmm. deck. And there's like Kate flared behind him like a fucking <laughs> anime. And then he's like, eeny, meeny, miny, you. And he opens yep. it up, and then a bunch of, like, Lich Guard or something. Oh, no, it was, I think it was Orcs. A bunch of yep. Storm Boys started coming out, and they started yelling, Wah, and like, let's go, lads, the tin yep. cans must die. There were there were Orcs. I think there was some kind, I think there were actually, uh, were there Imperial Guard there? Was it There were. Name? It was one of the better parts where Orokin was, like, doing his thing, and, he's, and he heard something in his ear. It's like, is that, is that Bolter Fire? Yeah. And then all these guardsmen come out with like las guns and heavy bolters and heavy weapons. They're like, come on, men! The glory of the emperor awaits. And you're like, oh my god. The, the, the no, the best, the best one. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, I also didn't realize how big a bolter shell was because they were like, oh yeah, there were uh, there were shells the size of like soda cans that were just popping off, and I was like, whoa. So that's a heavy bolt. <laughs> the heavy bolter. Oh, the heavy bolter. Okay. I mean, yeah. the regular bolter still is, is still very large, but yeah, I was like, yeah, it's big. <laughs> it's like, no, I, I don't let my, use the with the blue rim. One of my favorite things is like the whole point is that the deceiver can only really be taken down by Trazen's uh, staff, the empathic obliterator. Right. And he's he's like trying to one v one the deceiver, and he's constantly getting his ass kicked, but he's just always like teleporting to a new body and then whacking him in the head with another yeah. body. But my, I like the part where the deceiver like grabs him. And he's like looking at him, and he's like kind of crushing his his neck or whatever. And he's got a little orb in his hand, and, and he, he picks up the orb. He's like, "What the hell is this?" And Shrazen just literally just shrugs and turns it on, and a and a bunch of fucking tyrannids just burst out and start clawing at him. It's like, ah, fuck! Jesus like a bunch of bugs. Christ, fuck! It's like twenty or thirty gene stealers just come out there and start like beating yeah. on the deceiver. He's like, "Oh my god, bugs!" But um, it is such an epic fucking battle. It is so cool. It's 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 everyone's there. It's smashed. They're all we're all here. Um, The um, though the battle does end in in a somewhat interesting way. Oh, yeah, Um, I'd say so. (laughs) Because because in since the beginning of the of the novel, Trazen had this like Eldar egg Thingy. It was a soul gem or something, I think they called it. Soul stone or soul gem or... Like a really fancy variant of it. Yeah. And he always kept it on him because he really liked it. Um, or but he really wanted it. <laughs> yep. But eventually it came to the point where like the stars were not aligned so Orokin couldn't empower himself. And so instead it was like, we'll take the the power of the egg and we'll use that to empower you instead. Yep. And Orokin ascended into... Like fucking godhood, literal godhood. Uh, literally became a god, and he looked at him down at him. They, they described it like he looked at, at himself, and he looked down, and he saw all these people fighting, and he's like, "This is so beneath me. Yep. I don't even care anymore." But I'm was, really hungry. Yeah, he's real hungry for energy. Well, to me, it was crazy when he when he could actually perceive what the Catan was doing, what the Deceiver was doing, because he was like, "Oh yeah, he had a." black hole wrapped around his wrist or something and he was using that as like some sort of force of energy 
And it's like he was like whoa. puking antimatter. Yeah, out and, and like stuff. antimatter lasers and holy shit. Um, but when the two of them actually fight, like doesn't uh, Orkin actually like? What did he, he like? Fu- rip he a galactic un- hole and use like planets as a shield and literally several planets get destroyed <laughs> yes he, he opens up he opens some giant portals to and, and then when he fires antimatter through the portal or it opens a portal and then the antimatter hits the planet through the portal and he just like the kills an entire planet and it happens and, like four times yeah and i think in the book the guy's just like were they inhabited inconsequential and it's like, like oh, not important not important <laughs> this is way more important holy shit it is a battle between gods and an orican just like rips him apart oh yeah down to the very fight he, he eats up all of them and just rips him apart like like actually goes to town like, like tearing off his his necrodermis and consuming yep. like the energy and the deceiver is they said that he's like got a permanently smiling grin, but his eyes were like, I am so scared. So scared. Yep, yep, yep. And and at the at the end of the whole battle, he's like like Orkin's like in a corner, like basically sobbing, like in oh, a fetal yeah. position. And he's, his he's armor is all back and forth, yeah. His armor's all black, not because he was charred, but because the shadows fused to him. Mm-hmm. Which is like what? Yeah, and he is like he's a, he's a wreck because like Trazen touches him and he's like, "Don't touch me! Stop it! Don't touch me!" It's like, "Oh shit! Me. Oh shit! He's fucked up." Even Trazen is like, "Okay, easy, buddy, buddy. It's okay. It's over. I'm I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to heal you up. It's okay. Easy. I got my hands up. You're fine. Chill. Jesus." <laughs> and and honestly, I think. Because they, they walk away together, kind of arm in arm. He's, like, carrying uh, Orkin away. Yeah. And that was the end of the final chapter. And it, it probably should have ended there. Yeah, it really um, should have. It should have. I, I, I'm I blaming Games Workshop for the epilogue. Yeah. Um, in case anyone hasn't... I mean, I mean, at this point, we're already super in spoilers. But okay. it's literally, like like two pages saying oh yeah by the way after that they had a 2000 year truce and then Trazen stole Vashani's head and Orkin's mad and now they hate each other again yep the epilogue was super rushed and just mm. it really felt like it was it was forced it felt like games workshop was saying these people need to have a reason to still hate each other yep like, yeah, you, like you the, need to have them angry. Yeah, because at the very end, Orkin was like, "Hey, let's make a let's make an honor truce that we never come back here. Like, we're gonna lock this shit up tight and uh, not let anybody ignore that sound." Um, <laughs> what the hell was that, DK? <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, but they make an honor truce. Like, we're never coming back here. We're gonna lock this shit up so tight. Nobody can ever get back in because holy shit! If the deceiver ever gets free, it's just we're we're not gonna be able to do this again. And then in the epilogue, it's just like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, Trazen is literally in the vault feeding him a secret shard, and Orokin went back in, stole Vashani's head, and now he wants revenge. And it's like, what? what? Whoa, 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 whoa! And that's yeah, in, like you said, that's yeah. in like two pages. It's like, whoa, what? Excuse me? Like, b- back it up. What happened? Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Canonically, it is canon 
that Trazen has a shard of the Deceiver in his vault. This is now yeah. a thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a little... And it happens in two pages. Yeah. It, it, literally, it literally feels like he didn't want to write that part, but he was forced to. Mm-hmm. It feels in, in, very tacked on. Yeah, in the audible part, all that happens in like the span of, I think, 45 seconds for the epilogue. It's crazy. Uh, so yeah, that was a bit of a bummer at the end because it just felt like, oh, we can't let them leave on a happy note. It's Orican and Trazen. They need to fucking hate each other. Don't do that. That's not our canon view for those two. Make them hate each other. That ended too sympathetically. Let's you know, let's go. Come on. So, it it is yeah. a single a single rabbit's turd on an overall gorgeous sidewalk. Oh, it is yeah. one small thing where I'm like meh, meh. But other than amazing, it was absolutely fantastic. I am I am so pleased. I cannot believe that not only was a Necron book, which notoriously haven't been fantastic, so good, but arguably one of the better 40k books at all like in general and really good for new people like you might you might have a few issues not knowing what an immortal is or something like that but yeah besides that like it's still very very easy to consume it's very digestible i am only slightly worried because this is my first warhammer 40k book and it was really good and I'm worried now that, like, is are the other books going to be able to, like, get up to this level? Like, am I just going to be, like, perpetually disappointed in every episode of this? I'm just going to be like, it was all right, but it was no infinite in the divine, you know. Uh, but- I, I, I mean, possibly. It's, so so I, will, I will definitely say that I find the, the Night Lord stuff I'm reading right now to be as good, maybe better, but in, like, a different way. Like, Infinite Divine reminds me a lot of, like, Stranger Things Season 1. It's very, very good. It's very digestible. But it's it's not like the new Citizen Kane. It's right. It hits a lot of marks for, like, like almost any 40k fan, Necrons or not, would like this book. Yeah. Um, is, I feel true. like not everyone would enjoy the Night Lords ones, because they are very depressing, very dark, and and a lot harsher. <laughs> This one has a good it has good comedy, it's got good action, it's exciting, it's funny. Mm-hmm. It's it's very digestible. Um which actually leads us to a great segue. Uh Ooh, do you want to tell the viewers do you nice. Do you want to tell the viewers what our next book club review will be next month? Uh, as far as I know, unless you and Shy have changed shit on me again, uh the next book is going to be Gaunt's Ghost, right? And we got new models for them too. Oh, did we? Yep, they revealed in Warhammer Fest a whole new, uh, like, an HQ unit of six models called Gaunt's Ghosts. And it's six of the main characters from the book. Oh, sick! So yep. once we read this, I'm going to have a reason to want to go buy those and paint them up? There is no way you will not at least want to paint up Try Again Brag. Try again, brag. I love that. <laughs> without, without, without too much of a spoiler. Try again, brag is a guy. He's on the far right of that image. He carries oh, a heavy ooh. stubber, and he, he's, he's so, he's such a terrible shot with the heavy stubber that they're always like, try again, brag. <laughs> is that what? Is the, I, yeah, I try, try again, his, brag. 
I, I thought, like, literally in my head, I was like, try again. So is that like T-R-I-A-G-I-N or... I'm no, s- try again. <laughs> try again, Brad. <laughs> I love that. It, it, it is, it oh. is a... It, honestly, whenever people discuss, like, what's the best book for 40K, like, I'll often it's... Well, now it's The Infinite Divine, Gaunt's mm-hmm. Ghosts, and, like, Eisenhorn are the best books. I think Gaunt's Ghost is probably the best book for new okay. uh, people. Um, I need to reread it, which I will, but it's really good. So next month, early of July, we will be having our Gaunt's Ghost book discussion. DK, do you wanna do you wanna take us out? Oh, do I get to take us out? You do. It's a different type of video. But I still did the intro. That's okay. Thanks uh, so uh, much for listening to the Dentist Ridiculous Book Club and slash review. It was a pleasure having you here. My name is DK. You can find me at DK Diamantes everywhere except for for Instagram. Uh, Bricky, <laughs> where can they find you? Oh, I've been Bricky. I'm a massive troll lord. Um, you can find me at Bricky pretty much everywhere too, right? And you can find Quiet Chaya at Quiet Chaya or Quiet Shallow, depending on how she's feeling. Uh, see you next time. Bye. <laughs> Let's fucking go. That was such a shitlord ending. <laughs>